ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks and we suspect that you do too. Because you're a Soulful MBA listener, you can get an audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free audiobook. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA podcast, episode 111, all about the numbers. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Jenny. So we're here today to talk about the metrics that we evaluate in our business and to give you some tips and advice for how to look at the numbers in your own business now that we're nearing the end of a calendar year and about to go into 2019. This is a really good time to evaluate where you're at and how to move forward. Yeah, I think we don't appreciate how much you and I look at the numbers and how much sort of like data-driven decisions we make. I think we should probably make it more sometimes. But I think at the end of the year, it's really, you know, everyone's talking about the best of and the, you know, what they want to do, the goals and plans for next year. And I think I'd just love to come in and sort of let's let's make sure we are evaluating the right numbers in all of our businesses so we can make really smart decisions moving forward. Mm-hmm. And some of this just requires patience. If you're in the very, very, very early or brand new stages of your business, you may not have enough data yet to work with, but we want to give you a preview of what's to come. And for those of you who are now a year or more into your business, you should have some numbers that you can look at and start to tease out and figure out strategically how to make decisions based on those numbers. So Sandy, there's a few things we wanted to, a a few bits of advice that we wanted to give to folks just before we get started, because it is the end of the year. And for those of you who have businesses, um, if you have an LLC or a corporation, if you have a company, we want you to be aware of some benefits you can take advantage of now. I know it's the very tail end of the year, but this is the perfect time to look at your numbers, look at your finances, and see if you are in a position to maximize your business for tax deductions. And so the simplest thing that we do and we encourage all of you to do who are in a position to do so is to upgrade to annual plans for any software or subscriptions that you partake in because you usually save at least 20% when you have an annual plan over month to month. But it also at this time of the year allows you to make a big cash expenditure now so that you don't have that showing up as profit in your business that you end up paying taxes on for the next year. Defer the taxes. Yeah. 
not, not, it's not deferring, I guess. It's, it's just like reducing. Last year, we sat and we looked at every single line um, of our expenses. And we said, do we need it? And if we use it and we know we're going to continue to use it, we like converted it or upgraded to an annual plan to take um, part of those savings. And that mm-hmm. made a really big difference. Um, you know, it also, it brought down our profit, but it also like we, we got Basically, for, I think for most of them, it was two months free or 20%, as you said. So it's well worth it to kind of evaluate. And instead of paying month, month to month, go switch to an annual plan. Super simple. Mm-hmm. And for us and for a lot of businesses, maybe not necessarily a wellness business because you all do really well in January. But for most companies, the last quarter of the year is the big earning quarter. And so for us, you know, this is when we make the most money in our business. And so it's it's a... It's an easier time to spend those bigger cash expenditures because we're not used to having it the rest of the year. And um, and then it's so nice the whole rest of the year yeah. because our monthly expenses are so much lower because we've just taken, you know, like 15 of the things that we pay for every month and they're sort of they're, they're gone. They're not gone. We paid them all right. We paid in advance, right? And so like our monthly profit and loss looks a lot better and a lot different, um, especially in those slower times of the year. It's nice not to have those expenses. So if you're in a position to do that, of course, I mean, we have our own software. So you can always upgrade if you're an Amish Dream teacher or studio, you can always upgrade to an annual plan at any time. We never stop you from doing that. You can upgrade any day of the month, anytime. And um, it's always a nice way to go ahead and save. And if you're if you're considering investing in our software or some other platform or some other tool, email marketing software, whatever, it's a really good time if you have if you have cash flow, if you have the ability to make that expenditure, this is a really, really good time to go ahead and invest in some annual subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And then the next point I think you wanted to talk about was six month audit, the what we do at six months. Yeah. So we try every six months or so. It's not exact. It, I would say it's almost quarterly, but we kind of forget to do it every we quarter. We to so do it quarterly. It averages out to at like twice a year. We actually go through our expenditures, our monthly expenditures. And we, we do this thing that you mentioned, Sandy, which is where we look at every single expense. Are we using this? or not. And it's not as simple if we're not using it, we cancel it because often we signed up for something for a reason. And so it just gives us that sort of kick in the rear end to go ahead and start using a tool or a resource or a service that we're paying for anyway. So we get to sort of decide, okay, we bought this thing. Are we using it? Yes or no. Okay. If we're not using it, do we want to cancel or do we want to start to use it? And so that's that's a really quick and helpful process for us. And it saves us money and it helps us make sure that we're really benefiting from the tools that we invest in. So for those of you who, you know, have online studios, this is a good thing for you to be like, oh yeah, I meant to, I meant to use that. And I kind of forgot about it for a month. You should do this. I, I would say monthly is too often to do this, but quarterly or every six months is a good strategy. Because things change. You might use a tool a lot and you're paying for it monthly. And then six months later, you're not doing that anymore and you forgot mm-hmm. you have it. But if you take a look at your expense, uh, a line on the expense sheet and go, oh my God, you know, and then, so you can lose money very quickly if you're not, if you're not using these tools. So yeah, oh, yeah. I think it's good. That's and I true. think um, for us, and a great example of this is, is the tool Intercom, which we use to chat on our website. And it also has our entire knowledge base. And we weren't using it to its fullest capabilities. We pay a lot for this tool. And we and it's a bit of a beast. Like to get in there, it's like, oh my God, what is going on? And so we made a decision just in the last month to really dive into Intercom, figure it out. And um, we've actually got 
rid of another tool that was sort of duplicating. And now we saved our, ourselves $40 a month, which isn't a lot, but it is a lot, you know, like it, it is right. significant. And then we just figured out this tool. And now it's like, we're really using the full power of this intercom tool. And it's really, really helping, I think, make us more efficient. It's, it's a, a faster reaction to the clients that are asking for help or to new people who find your website and have a question about Namastream. So I think, yeah, I think it's a really valuable exercise. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say too, just to be fully transparent and put ourselves out there, because I think some of you might be in the same situation. Don't have shame around the fact that you bought too much stuff. Like we get eager in our business. And I know that there's been at least, I don't, at least two points that I know of where we were paying for duplicate tools, especially in social media management. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I think we've even had as many as three of the exact same thing. You know, maybe we're sort of half using one of the three and we're paying for three things because like you, we, we have shiny object syndrome. When a new tool comes out, like we want to try out the fresh thing on the market to manage our Instagram posts. And then we end up like, oh, we were using this other thing. And then before that, we were using this other thing. And so it's really important to take this time and, and then to not have shame attached to what you find when you actually sort of like peer back the door, the curtain and look and see what you're spending in your business. Just be gentle and graceful with yourself. Yeah. It's just a learning process. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you want to talk about what we do every month? Yes. So we obviously go through our profit and loss statement, which everyone should do if they have a business. So you should do that as well. So that's prepared for us by our bookkeeper. um, And I don't know if you have a bookkeeper or not. You should be doing your own bookkeeping in some kind of software platform or spreadsheet if you don't yet have a bookkeeper. We use a service called Bench, which we're really happy with and have been using for three years now. And so they do all of that work for us, which is amazing because in my other small family business, I do all of that myself and it's not so fun. So we look at our profit and loss and we also look at a spreadsheet, Sandy, that you have made, Mm -hmm. which is like all of the numbers in our business, like data metric metrics, like teachers, studios, like every single bit of useful and valuable information, like the details of the data are in this monster spreadsheet that Sandy manages. No matter what business I have, I never find that the bookkeeper or accountants give me the data that I want exactly. And I mean, Mm -hmm. they're obviously they're just focusing on the, the, the dollars, the money, but I also want to look at, you know, um, how many new teachers did we get? How many new teachers did we lose? Like there's so much more and even social media accounts. And so for any of our soulful MBA paid members members are inner circle, they get that social media spreadsheet when they join so that they can start tracking the growth. And um, and as we go through these years of business together, I continually add things that are important. So initially, we were just looking at the sales, like gross sales. Um, and then if it was increasing or decreasing month to month, and now I've switched that to compare January to January, February to February, because it is very sort of cyclical and seasonal. And then like expenses and and then we, because we are a software company, we look at MRR, so uh, monthly recurring revenue. So for those of you who are doing memberships, even on Namastream, that is a number that you can look at. Uh, we get that from Stripe, um, that data. 
and um, which is the payment processor that many of our teachers use that we encourage. Uh, we look at, you know, how many how many new teachers joined, how many new teachers or how many teachers left, um, and then all our social media, our our podcast downloads, like all of those numbers. No bookkeeper is going to prepare that for you, but these are the numbers that give us an idea of what is happening, what's increasing, and what's decreasing, and. Um, just recently, well, this past year, I guess we are also looking at the wages, what we pay to ourselves and our team. And we have that as a percentage of our gross revenue. Yep. And I think that's a really interesting number to take a look at. And then now we're also looking at, which we mentioned recently, is our total users for the app. Yep. Total active users. Yeah. So we me- we measure the activity in the app itself. We measure our analytics in terms of website traffic for our different websites and pages. We measure our podcast downloads and analytics. We also um, look at, like you said, Sandy, our social media, just about every metric you can imagine we take a look at. And I think it's really interesting for those of you who also have memberships, the concept that Sandy talked about, which is loss of teachers, that's commonly referred to as churn. So if you have a membership or you have a subscription-based business, uh, you want to really pay attention to the number of people you lose every month because it is the way that math works, this number affects your growth so um, so much. Like you can have a much slower sort of growth rate. Like you don't need to acquire as many new people and you can still kind of grow really fast because of compound, it's like compound interest almost if you have your churn low, if you're not losing people, like because because everyone's, if you keep people month over month over month and just keep adding more people, right? It grows sort of exponentially. And so churn is really an important number. And I know many of you, also either have a membership site or a subscription-based model or you're looking to build that online. And so I think it took me a year to really understand the role of churn in, a, in our business and in our growth. Um, I was hyper-focused on new people and not as much on retention. And I think that's one of the things that that we talk about a lot. And we we plan a lot in our business because of that one data metric that we look at. Yeah. And I think we, I mean, there's like a million ways to count. Cal- I think there's like literally 45 ways you can calculate churn. So it's like yeah. the number of teachers lost or members lost against the total number of teachers that you retain. And there's so many ways to 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 look at that. So um, we are right now just tra- tracking how many total teachers do we have right now active, how many new came on this month, and then how many have left. And so that actually yeah. by the definition is not churn, um, but it's it's good enough for us. And I think I think that leads me to the next point is like, don't just track data to track data, like make sure that it it matters to you, that it will help you make a decision and start to see trends so that you can make decisions on, um, you know, what kind of marketing or what kind of, you know, if you have a really, uh, a lot of, of your members leaving, what's happening? Like, is your content not good enough? Are you in not engaging in the community? Like what, what is it? Like, you know, it's going to tell you some big, big red flags that, that something's not quite right. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of, and it takes us literally minutes to like on the last day of the month, I've got my spreadsheet open and I'm just like yelling out the, the categories and you're going to grab the data and you, you know, you, you tell me the name or the number and I punch it in. And then because we've got it listed vertically from January, to December, we can see the trends and then some of the important ones, I'll actually do the calculation of like percent increase or decrease or whatever it is. And um, we we have, a it's like having a pulse on your business and you know, and you know very, very quickly. The only thing we don't get back quickly, which is true for any business is the 
um, expenses because bench has to take time to, you know, that it's manual work on their end to take at the, after that month ends, they have to like look at each of the entries and categorize it and, and create the PNL and the balance sheet for us. So it takes a little bit of delay to get the, um, expense number for us, but it's like, you know, two weeks or something. It's not a horrible time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we usually have a good sense of what, where we're spending money and what we're spending money on at this point too. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy to use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. So the other thing we wanted to talk about in this episode is something that we do. um, And I think any of you who are actively selling anything on the internet should be doing this as well, which is to track our customer journeys. So how does someone come into our software platform as a new customer or as a new client? How does someone come um, into any, actually into Soulful MBA, into our mm-hmm. inner circle? How did they arrive at that decision? Wh- and, and we use a ConvertKit, which is our email service provider to track this. So every opt-in, every point of entry into our email list, um, someone gets a tag. And so we can see what tags and sort of in what dates and which order people have joined our list and what process they went through to become a client so that we can then put our time and energy there. And we have recently figured out there's this one opt-in that we have that like was sort of half hidden and a weird page. It's on a weird page, but it's like it's like one page. It's a pop-up on one page of our website that almost everyone who has signed up in recent months to become a teacher on our platform has got has this tag of having opted in. And we're like, huh, wow, that's interesting. (laughs) You know, like, so that allows us then to say, okay, we should put this thing front and center. This should be everywhere because this is this one commonality that leads someone to become a client. And you only know this stuff if you track it, right? And you check in monthly and you're looking at these kinds of customer journeys. And if you're using, I think now with MailChimp, you can use tags too, right? So if you're using basically any email service provider, you can add these kinds of tags into all of your opt-ins. So like, for example, if somebody opts into our gear guide, they get a tag for that. If they opt into our live demo, they get a tag for that. A recorded demo, they get a tag for that, right? If they watch a masterclass, they get a tag for that. If they go through an email course, they get a tag for that. So we can see every, we can see so much insight into every single person that signs up and we have a better sense of what to make more of and what to prioritize. Yeah. So every single time we get a new teacher who signs up, I will go into ConvertKit and look at their journey by their tags. I will first look, I will note when did they, like how long have they been on our list? Are our our new teachers, are they with us for a year before they'll actually purchase or is it you know, three days. And that's really important information. Like you maybe have to really nurture that potential client for a while before that trust is built up and they're saying, I want it, I want it, I want it. And they buy. And I think that point, Jenny, about this. So the, 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 the opt-in that you're talking about is our recorded demo. It's 18 minutes. It's super short. It's really succinct. You completely get the idea what Namastream does very, very quickly. You don't have to like sign up for a masterclass and you don't have to like sit there for, you know, two hours and listen to something. It's just like, bang, it's just, it's just, 
quick. And so that is this like magical thing for us. And we would not have known that um, if we hadn't this, this little spreadsheet and we can look and say, okay, they signed up for the list this day. They went through that email sequence and they had, they watched the recorded demo. And so this data is like so important. And so I, I think that there's this image or this thinking around this sort of passive income and I'm just going to do this and the money's going to flow in. And um, I guess that could happen, but I think you're going to have more money flowing in if you were watching very closely the, the the behaviors before people sign up. What are they doing? So if you are able to set that up either in MailChimp or ConvertKit, you know, maybe you just have one opt-in. That's fine. Like just tag them so that you know that they got on your list from that one opt-in. And then uh, if no one's signing up for it, you'll also know that too, right? So you can make decisions on how you market, what your messaging is, where you're sending people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can, I mean, once you get to the point where you have multiple opt-ins, you can really gauge them against one another. And you can see, okay, well, this opt-in is really intriguing to people because lots of people sign up for it, but they don't buy from it. They buy from this other thing. And so that's, you know, that's the kind of information you want to start to gather. And every one of you can be gathering this, you know, from the very beginning, once you have even a few months into business and you have, you know, a list of say a hundred people, you can really start to see patterns and the patterns are worth a lot. I will say another thing that we've done um, or that we've noticed, right? We can calculate how long somebody has been on the list before they buy. And one of our goals has been to shorten that amount of time. Um, and I call that the trust factor because it used to be somebody was on our list for like a year before they would buy anything. And okay, what do we need to do to change that? Because like, that's sort of fascinating to me that they're sort of watching from afar, getting newsletters, you know, seeing what we're doing, and then something happens. And about a year later, they buy something. And, um, and in the last like 18 months, we've really lessened that. And I think that this podcast has a yeah, lot to do. I would say that too. Like it's yep. this trust factor, right? Like the podcast, that's what, like when we started this and, um, I think it helps people to get to know us as founders and learn more about our brand and our company and to feel a sense of security and um, and when they're buying something on the internet. And I I don't know that we intentionally set out to do that. No, but, no. But not, that's not, yeah. Yeah, it was more just like, let's get the brand out. Let's, you know, let's teach people how to do this. It wasn't like, let's shorten the time that they're on our list before they purchase. But it's this, it's a nice byproduct. And it's, it's crazy how many people say that they, they are joined Nomstream because of who we are as founders and our philosophy and the way that we're doing things. And we're focused on wellness, right? And they know that only from the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not only, but you know, primarily from the podcast. Yeah. No, people, people surprise, it surprises me how many people message us when they are a new customer and say, oh yeah, I've been listening to your podcast. So if that's you, thank you so much that those messages mean a lot to us. And that's why we're doing this, right? Is we want to connect with you. We want to share our, our ideas and our knowledge with you and have a conversation together as a community. So thank you. And I would just say for you, for all of you, you should start to track if you can that same metric, because if people are taking a long time to buy something from you online, you can start to take actions to grow that trust factor yourself. And it doesn't have to be a podcast. Maybe it's, you know, more Instagram stories, or maybe it's Facebook live, or maybe it's sending more newsletters or more messages or more personal information or blogging more. Like I, I don't know what's right for your business, but there are lots of different pathways towards gaining that no like, and trust factor from your community. So um, if it's taking people a long time to buy something, then that's a signal for you. All right, let's move into joy and hustle. Okay. And you have the joy today, Sandy. 
I do. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. <laughs> uh, so my son and I were shopping on the weekend because it's um, before Christmas when we're recording this. And um, we went to this beautiful Italian uh, grocery store and they had a little Christmas market and they were had a lot of vendors sharing and, you know, giving away free samples and so, and so on. And there is this company called Seedlip, which makes these beautiful, beautiful they're drinks, non-alcoholic drinks that are based on um, like botanicals. So to me, I would compare it much to like the reason that I love gin so much is this this beautiful juniper and there's all these artisanal gins out there that are doing some beautiful, amazing flavors, you know, hand foraged gin. Um, and this makes me think of that, but it's in a non-alcoholic um, form. And so my child really desperately wants to become a bartender. He loves to mix things and he can't drink anything. <laughs> I don't know if you he should makes- say that publicly <laughs> in the podcast, Andy. <laughs> He makes a good martini, but he can't have it. Um, so he, this was so exciting to him because the bartender at the store was, you know, letting us sample all these and had all these ideas for recipes. So if you are um, somebody who perhaps does not drink or I think it's like an option beyond uh, pop and juice and water, like I think it's just the sophisticated um, taste and there's three different flavors. One citrus, one's called garden, and one is called spice, like some warm winter spices. And there's recipes on the um, the website. So it's called seedlipdrinks.com. And I now own two of these, and I've bought a few for Christmas, and they're amazing. They are so delicious. So I think it's I think it's a, a category in the market that I've not seen anyone do. Like you know, the choice is pop or water or juice. And now you could have this botanical. Sounds good. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard of them and I've sort of seen them from afar, but I've never tasted it. So maybe it tastes a little bit like pouring some of my Douglas for hydrosol into water, which is delicious. You know, I think it is because you can really taste the actual ingredients Mm -hmm. in it. Um, Actually, I've just I'm on their website and there is a recipe book called Seedlip. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 and it's from Britain. So I wasn't sure if you guys had it down there, or if they're just doing a Canadian like you know Commonwealth I'm, thing. But Commonwealth, oh dear God, <laughs> don't get me started on the Queen, Sandy. It's too, it's only the Queen. I'm too tired. Country. I'm too tired to talk about <laughs> the Queen today. <laughs> queen on my money. Okay, well, so let's talk about the hustle. You should all okay. go buy seed lip and drink it. Sounds good. Okay, so the hustle is an article from Slate that I came across recently, and it's called "I'm a Developer. I Won't Teach My Kids to Code, and Neither Should You." And so, if you have children, I highly encourage you to click through and read this. This goes against the common wisdom in today's culture, which is that everyone should be coding out of the womb, which is something that I've sort of supported. And, um, uh, you know, like I have all the coding games and stuff for my daughter and really want her to prepare her to thrive in a, in a culture that's an economy that's dominated by the internet. But this article really raises some red flags for me about that, about the importance of creativity and problem solving. That's what makes you good at coding. Like we don't really have good metrics for how to become good at becoming a technologist. And this this author is arguing to say, actually, analog time and creative time and time outside away from screens is what gives you the creativity and the problem solving skills to ultimately be successful on the internet. And I, I tend, I actually kind of tend to agree. And so um, it's just a really powerful article. And I don't think it only 
relates to children. I think it relates to all of us. Sandy, you and I say all the time that our most uh, creative time is away from our screens. And I think those of you, even though we are all actively, if you're listening to this, we're actively building businesses and lives on the internet. The analog space in your life is incredibly important. And we talk about that in our Digital Artisan Manifesto, um, which you can course, go back and read. It's in the last podcast. We have a whole podcast about it too. So yeah, check out that article, especially if you have kids, forward it around. I think it's an important conversation to start to have. Yep. Another argument for analog. And just a seed lip drinks uh, update. You guys do have it. Of course you do. Uh, there is a whole US website and you can shop online. It's only 36 US dollars. It's much more expensive in Canada, like everything else, but hmm. worth checking out. Hmm. All right. Thank you, Jenny. All right. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free. (laughs) 